You're listening to Arrowhead Radio. He doesn't love us because we're good. He loves us because he's good. You can't steer a boat that's not moving. We, need, we as Christians, we need to start opening our mouths. And it says that he who believes on the Son has life, and he that does not believe um, does not have life, and the wrath of God abides on him. Uh, to me, one of the greatest things God did to me was give me peace, give me a hope, give me a promise. And I thought, I have eternal life. I'm, I'm bound for heaven, and it's, it's forever. I'm Mark Dana. And I'm Venus Cote. And this is Hope to the Nations. So, hello, it's, Venus. How are you doing today? I'm good, Mark. How are you? I'm doing, I'm doing well, thanks. So, today, we have a guest that's a friend, and I suppose we're friends from probably different points of view, but we have with us today uh, Gary Quequish, also known as the most reverend Gary Quequish. How are you today, Gary? I'm doing okay, sir. Yes. Glad to have you here. Yeah, but did they ever know what your title is? What's that? My my title. Yeah, your oh, title. No. The most holy, reverend, angelic divinity, the third, is most serene emperor. <laughs> Mark Dana's title. Wow, that's impressive. <laughs> yes, thank you so much for that emotion. Um, anyway, I guess I'd have a hard time living up to that, but. Um, it's good to see you today, and and I'm thankful that we can ask you a few questions. And one of the questions we wanted to ask you was, how did you start in your your meeting with the? How did you meet meet the Lord? I uh, became a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Uh, that happened on the winter of 1972-73. Okay. I was at a residential school at Sterling Lake. Um, it was called Wabin Bay Academy, uh, run by the Mennonites. But at that time in 72, it wasn't a residential school. It was a, a, a youth uh, camp for uh, boys. It, it, it became a school afterwards. It was okay. north of uh, Pickle Lake. Pickle Lake is uh, northwest Ontario, one yeah. of the last uh, towns as you go north to the remote uh, country. And about, uh, I think about two and a half hours north of Pickle Lake, most remote isolated area, that's where this camp was. And, and we were there as uh, kids that were sent, uh, troubled youth that had broken the law. We were taken there to, uh, uh, I guess, to do time, I guess, somewhat. And uh, but they were teaching us uh, school, you know, 
almost like a reformatory. Okay. It wasn't a reformatory yeah. school, but it was sort of like that mm -hmm. in 1972. And um, I was there three years. Yeah. Okay. I was your, a, you know, your home community is, could you tell us what that home, your home community is? Uh, the Where I come from, the village is called uh, Round Lake. They call okay. it North Caribou, but the band where we come from is called North Caribou Lake Band of People. Yeah. So that's where, uh, which would be like maybe uh, uh, three hours north of Pickle Lake, a remote okay. area. Yeah. It's at the camp that you met the Lord then? At that, uh, at that uh, uh, Sterling Lake camp. Uh, it was um, a thick forest, a lot of jack pine and, you know, uh, Canadian shield country. We mm -hmm. cut the brush as part of the work, the gratis we had to do. We cleared up uh, a section of land where now become now uh, a lot of buildings. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, they're rolled into there now. Yeah, but uh, the facility now, the 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 thing closed eh, about twenty years ago now. Yeah, but they they still have a nice road into there. Uh, the buildings uh, is as if the rapture had occurred. You know, <laughs> all the buildings, everything is in there. Uh, couches and everything, utensils. And, yeah, some of the people from uh, uh community come there and haul stuff out of there, like uh, mattresses and and uh, uh, tables and whatever. Okay. Yeah, because it closed there. Eh? Right. Yeah. It was just kind of abandoned there. Yeah. So you also are involved, like, with addictions counseling. That's amazing. Yeah. Life, right? What I what I wanted to tell you first is uh, how I met the Lord. Sure. You know uh, there is uh, there is I think that that is most uh, central to our conversation. Eh? Yeah. Uh, there are two verses that uh, I'd like to share with you guys, and uh, the first one was given to me by one of the elders that took care of me when I was uh, uh, out of control, when I was into alcohol and stuff like that. And uh, <clears throat> this old man's name is Norman Batayash. And uh, he took care of me about, uh, about six months around mm -hmm. there. It was one winter, I think. And what I noticed of this man was uh, he would get up early in the morning, way early, probably five or six. And there's no electricity, of course, but he would have a wood stove. And from the light of the wood stove, that's where he would be reading. And I didn't know what he was reading. But I guess he was reading the scriptures. The old Cree Bible, the thick one, you know? 
And you know what he was also doing, and I didn't know that, was he was memorizing Psalm 119. Wow. Old memorizing that. Of course, I didn't know, right? now. Psalm 119, I think it has 176 or 178 verses. And he memorized the whole thing uh, in Cree. Wow. Okay? Now, what is this is what I found out later, but what he was doing was I come home intoxicated, I come home with this deranged mindset. Uh, I had a lot of uh, uh, troubles in my personal life why I was into this this uh, way of trying to cope with my personal, uh, uh, I guess, very complicated issues of my life at the time, right? And um, But what was profound was uh, uh, after I became a Christian, and I want to tell you about my conversion, but it was shortly after I became a Christian, that old man, Norman Batash, he... Uh, he gave me this verse in uh, Ezekiel 36, uh, verses 26 and 27. And he gave it. Now, in, in those days, they would have uh, tea in, uh, in a sort of like a, a, a bike, a stand-up bike, like this. And it's a, it's a square, right? Yep. So on top, there's a square, square... Uh, Almost like this, eh? On top okay. of the tea bag, another on the bottom, right? And that's yeah. where the, the tea, uh, not the tea itself, it's not in the bags, eh? It's just straight tea. And in okay. that, uh, in that, in that little, he took that, of course, in those days, they didn't have no notebooks or scribblers or papers. So this is what he used. And he gave me this uh, Ezekiel 36, 26, and 27. And I want to read it to you. It says, Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. This is what that old man gave me, right? Oh. It, was, it was at that time when he gave me this that he, uh, he, uh, he reminded me and told me what he was doing in those early mornings. Rather than confront me and lecture me and try to out-talk me with the condition of my life, right? Yes. He just sort of just let me be. He took me into his house and he gave me a bed to sleep and fed me. And, and I had a warm place, right? But yes. what I saw was this man reading... Uh, what I found out later is scripture. 
and he memorized uh, Psalm 119 from memory in Cree. And he told me, he said, he told me this after conversion. He said, he says, Gary, he says, uh, if your life wants to be totally changed, yes, God does his work in you, but he says you have to, uh, you have to read his word. You have to get to know his word. You have to memorize his word. He says you're young. You can memorize this chapter, he says. And now look at that chapter. It's a huge. Uh, I didn't realize it was the longest chapter in the Bible, right? Yeah, I just and looked at 150 verses. Now, uh, Mark. Yes. This is what I encountered after conversion, right? That verse? Yes. And the verse that he gave me? I didn't realize how significant those verses were, Ezekiel 36, 26, and 27. However, uh, when I was at the residential school in 1972, yep. really troubled, really messed up, really angry, really closed. Uh, in fact, in those days, uh, I, I was, you know, so uh, stressed that I, I couldn't talk. I uh, I stuttered, right? I couldn't even say my name. That's how upsetting my whole life was, wow. right? I remember at Round Lake before I was sent out, Stanley Tate, this is the late Albert Tate's brother, would come, uh, and we were at this point. There's a, a point at Round Lake. There's a point, they call it Lover's Point. That's where, the, you know, when Venus was young and being chased by these guys, you know that? that <laughs> Goodness. You know. Anyway, but for me, in those days, having had a pretty horrific, terrible experiences, that part was not my experience, like girls and boys and stuff like that. We were at this lover's point, and on the point there, way up right there, there's a jacket rocks, and the rocks go out into the lake. And this is where I would, I would be among those jagged rocks, right? And Stan would come. He says to me, Gary, uh, you should come and uh, join our young peoples. There's a lot of good things happening. We do singing, there's stories, there's food to eat. And, and I couldn't tell him, I couldn't tell him why I couldn't come. But Stan was very persistent, right? Mm. He just says, you should come, you should come. And one time in my, I guess I was exasperated, I said, to Stan, I said, Stan, if you're talking about God, right? If you're saying God can, if he's as real as he is, I said to him, Stan, I want God to come right here, right where I'm at, right? And, it, and there's white caps, it's cold, it's windy, it's cloudy, it's sort of uh, uh, raining, you know, it's cold, and this jagged rocks that were around me, that's, that was me, right? That was what's happening to And I'm saying to, 
us take the stand as if God is real, right? I want him to come to where I am. I don't need to go there. The reason why I couldn't tell him was uh, uh, as, a, as a young boy, I was assaulted by five men, right? And I was sexually assaulted. And uh, the five men, three were from that church where, where Stan was inviting me to, right? The other two was in the other church. And I couldn't tell him. I couldn't say, you know, Stan, you wanted me to come to this place where these, these uh, monsters, these, these men did this to me. I, I, I said I could never, never uh, go to that church, never believe in this Jesus or this Bible thing, right? Yes. Uh, and, of course, in this misery of anger and living with this uh, trauma, it was a continual, never-ending uh, experience. Constantly, day in and day out, 24-7, and I'm consumed with terrible, horrible crime that was committed against me, right? Mm. In my exasperated telling Stan, I said, I can't come there. If, if you say God is real, I want God to come to where I am. Like right here, and I'm pointing at those jagged rocks and uh, the white water, the, the awful weather. So I, want, I, I want God to come here. I want him to come right where I'm at yeah. and change me. Of course, uh, you know, uh, being uh, so uh, consumed with this misery, rage, shame, and anger, got into trouble, you know, broke laws and was sent to this, this bush camp, right? Yeah. And... And it was there in 19, it was, uh, I think it was, uh, I think he was there between Christmas and New Year, or shortly after New Year. Albert Tate came to visit that school. He spoke at the church. He came in uh, Saturday night, I think it was, spoke Sunday morning. We had to all be in church. Sunday night, he, uh, he spoke again. And then Sunday night, Albert uh, wanted to come and talk to us. This was about 10 o'clock. Now, 10 o'clock at night, that's when they turned the power off. That's when the curfew, you know, everything shut down. Mm -hmm. So the service was over at 8.30, and we all go to our dormitories. And Albert came and talked to us. Inside that room was uh, Jake Strine. There was Eddie Shigashi, uh, Ted Shigashi, I mean. And then there was King Solomon, call him King Solomon, and myself. And when Albert came to tell us about this message of the gospel, that Jesus died on the cross to save sinners, we laughed at him. We uh, made mockery of what he was talking about. 
we had no sense of respect, no inclination, no desire whatsoever. He says, I need to tell you this message. It's a message from God, right? This is to give to all men this message, and I'm giving it to you. And I'm giving it to you simple. God offers you total forgiveness, pardon. You can have a new purpose in life. You can be changed. You can experience life what life is supposed to be. And he says, before I go, I'll, I'll pray. So Albert prayed. And we were just kind of snickering away and, and uh, never having any sense of, uh, you know, this godliness or this reverence, you know. But what was so, what was just so profound, uh, Venus, what was so still <laughs> striking, still significant. When Albert started praying, you know what happened? The presence, yeah. the presence of God came into that room. The yeah. actual presence of God came into that room. Yeah. And all four of us, there's two bunk beds, eh? Yeah. Two of us on either side. You know what happened to us, Venus? What? We all, we all fell to the floor. All four of us fell to the floor. Yeah. Wow. All of a sudden, this, you know, this, uh, you know, uh, sense of reality that, yes, God is real. This is true, right? He didn't have to tell us we're sinners. It was just a sense of, Quietness. There was a sense of holy fear. There was a sense of awe. You know the word awesome. Mm -hmm. The first word is awe. <laughs> that's what that's what riveted through my soul. Mm. Fear. But it was a different kind of fear. It 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 wasn't that I was scared, but it was such a authentic, real, living God was visiting us. And Albert was totally annoyed. He thought that we were just goofing off when we all fell to the floor. But it, it was for real. And as he walked out, he says, well, say goodnight, he says. I think it was Jake that Barely grabbed him by the shirt tail, says, Albert, uh, tell us some more. Yeah. And he, he actually stayed a night in our room. He never left. During the night, mm -hmm. all of us prayed. Eh? All four of yeah, us prayed. Yeah. Yeah. All of us prayed. And he stayed with us. We talked through the night and then eventually fell asleep. But uh, I think it was like maybe four. In the morning, Mark. Is that right? I woke up, I guess. See, I used to have night terrors. Eh? It wasn't just yeah. nightmares. Night terrors. And I guess I woke up shouting. And in a perfect voice, not stuttering, 
not stuttering. Yeah. You know what I said? Praise God. Wow. Jesus came into my heart. The perfect voice. Wow. I spoke. It's amazing. Yeah. I get emotional. I know one thing. Huh? I've I've never heard. I'm sorry, I've never heard that uh, part of your story before, and uh, it just it it touches me. It just brings the reality of who God is and what He can do for a person, and and how He just came down and to a time in your life where you needed Him the most. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. It's still emotional. This is 82, 92, 2000, 2012, 48 years ago. 48, that's nearly half a century. In that remote place north of Pickle Lake, right? Yeah. Four of us boys, so lost and abused and full of rage and, and no purpose in life. No sense of life or even a sense of uh, spiritual awareness. We had a divine visitation. Our lives would never be the same. You know the three guys I talk about? They've all died. But they died as Christians. You know, Shagashi guy became a pilot. He crashed. You know? Jake Strang, who was the elder of the church, drowned him and his daughter. Right? Mm. King Solomon, he died in a crash. A crash. But that moment in the White House, we call our building, yeah? we call it the White House. We had a divine visitation. Yeah. But Albert Tate shared with us the simple message of salvation. He said, this is the message from God to you. He sent his son. You can have real meaning and purpose of life. Your life can be full. You can be different. You can walk with him. And I don't know who God was. Yes, my life was out in that point. The jagged rocks and the angry waves, the winds, so powerful. And it's wiping me out in my misery. God visited me there. I didn't realize that God began a work that would be a life that is forever changed. Mm. Yeah. Even to this day. You know, I'm 66 years old, uh, Venus. Well, you don't look You're older. No, like, not 6.6, six, six six, not 6.66, six, 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 but... <laughs> six, <laughs> but Glad you, uh, glad that's you. what happened to me in 1972, 73. And Albert Tate discipled us. 
for 10 years. Wow. wow. We just, and that discipling, it wasn't lecturing. It wasn't even teaching. You know what he was doing? He was coaching. He actually showed us how to do things, right? But he, he didn't have us go speak up in front or to talk. He just had us do things. Setting up chairs, sweeping the floor, following him as he's visiting homes, and not even doing anything, just observing him, watching him. Ten years. And gradually had us... Uh, speak. But that night in 1972 at the White House at Wabin Bay Academy, Sterling Lake, two and a half hours north of Pickle Lake in this remote isolated place, a bush camp, God visited me. Gary, I'm so thankful you're sharing from your heart and would you address the audience and just kind of invite them to experience what you experience? I wanted to share a, a set two verses. One okay. of them is Ezekiel 36, uh, 26, 27. And the other one is, uh, and this is the verse that I was given right after I became a Christian. And it's in Psalms uh, 32. Verse 8, what happened, Mark, is this. They have a chapel at that school, and after the curfew, I would go sneak out of the building, and I'd go sit in that church. There's no electricity there because uh, the power is off. There's no heat, so I'm sitting in the cold. And I would go, and I would see this cross, in the dark, uh, in the, the pulpit area. Yep. And I would cry. I would just be crying there. My life was cleansed. My soul, my heart was, uh, I was set free. My heart was made whole, right? I had a sense of peace, not in my soul, but in my mind, right? I mm. felt clean. I felt uh, free. I felt, you know, I, I want to live, right? The anger was gone, right? The rage, this, this misery was gone. And, and I'm sitting there, and this verse was given to me. It's my personal verse. Psalm 32, uh, verse uh, 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Right? Wow. That's what was given to me. Excellent. You know, Venus, I did not realize God was actually going to coach me through his spirit, through his servants, and actually teach me the direction I was supposed to go in life. And it's really amazing, like... Uh, Yes, uh, right after that experience, I went to Bible school, right? Uh, I went right, I never had a secular job, right? And I went and uh, I, I made a vow 
to the Lord at KBI, Venus, believe it or not. <laughs> I said, God, I can't read. I can't write. I can't understand your word. But I'm here. I want to listen to you. I want to hear your voice through these teachers or through the book or whatever. I said, I'm, I'm just ignorant of many, many things. And I said to God, God, if you show me, if you actually kind of uh, bring me things where I can understand, uh, not only mentally, but spiritually. I said, you know what I said, Venus? I said, God, God, I'll make this promise to you. I will not get involved with any girl here at KBI. (laughs) 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 I said, God, I'll make you this promise. No girlfriends, right? Of course, there's some beautiful girls there, eh? You know, what it was like. See, I met Chris after I graduated, really, and she was there, right? And uh, she was there at that uh, school, but she came later, eh? My last year. Good timing. You know what? Eh? Good timing. And the thing is, I kept that promise. Yeah. And you know what I did? From Sterling all the way to KBI, I memorized scriptures. I memorized Psalm 119. 176 verses. Wow. I memorized verses. A lot of verses of salvation. A lot of passages. Then I memorized chapters. Psalm 27, you know. Then I memorized books. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Hebrews, James. Memorized. As a young man, I was so hungry. And what I was memorizing, I did not understand. But over the years, Mark, I would look at verse, like in the mornings I get up, even today, 6.30 in the morning, sit on the couch, living room, my chair, living room, there's a TV there. I don't turn the TV on. I sit there. And I say, God, could you give me your word today, if it's a few verses, be great. But even one verse, it's good. I said, even one word in that verse, could you speak, or two words, right? Yeah. And he speaks to me. That's, that's wonderful. So would you address our, our hearers now? <laughs> You know, those of you out there in Indian country, a miracle took place in my life by a a miracle work in God. God, Jehovah, is real. I may be, uh, for many long time, uh, did not know who he was. Because I was so blinded. I was so much in bondage of uh, my experiences. There's a lot of things that, that took place in my life. 
God blinded me. I was deaf to the things of God. But you know, my friend, you may be where I was. It's true, God loves you and God cares for you. And he sent his spirit to bring us to that place of understanding. You know, uh, right from the very first chapter of the Bible, in the very first book, Genesis, chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, it says these words, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. It says, And the Spirit of God moved upon the waters. And God said, Let there be light. The very first book of the Bible, the very couple of verses, first verses, defines what took place in my life. I was, yes, created by God. Like he created heavens and the earth. But it says, but it says, but the earth was sought for him. Yeah. Without meaning, without purpose. And void, emptiness. And darkness was upon the face. That was me, the darkness in my soul. But in that state of darkness, utter darkness, my friend, listen. The Spirit of God was moving upon the waters of my life. <laughs> In the circumstances, as miserable as it was, God was using all that stuff. The Spirit of God was using that. And then God spoke. And there was light. Mm. Today, I walk in the light. Yeah. Amen. That's great. Yes, I'm 66.6 years old. Not 66. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you, you get know that what? point there, right? <laughs> What's that? Make sure you keep the point in that, right? Yeah. Now, I'm telling you, I share this message with great joy, but also with great sense of humility that God would have mercy on me, grace, and lift me out of the darkness right today uh, I enjoy life I, I uh, sit in the mornings and as you know I work in the in the area of working with people in addictions and incarceration area regardless what state a person is in there's hope for them they can change that's and that's great. my story. That's my story. Huh? That's my story. I've forgotten how good of a preacher you were and are. It was nice to hear you. Uh, I wish I could preach, though, you know, just sharing. <laughs> exactly. Well, that was, that was profound. Thank you. Yeah. And my brothers, uh, Mark and uh, Venus, God bless you as your servant. Thank as we you. share the word. You know, uh, just in, you, uh, closing, in closing, uh, six years ago, and I was prognosed with uh, um, a pancreatic cancer, and they gave yeah. me 28 days to live. You know, uh, Mark, 
<clears throat> since that time till now, I have helped uh, lead people to the Lord mm -hmm. about 3,000 individuals. Wow. <clears throat> God is and good. It's just in most unexpected place in the lobbies or in the streets or wherever. Courtrooms, courthouses. Wife and I went to Hawaii. We were there for seven days, six days. You know, Mark, every day in Hawaii, right on the beach of a thousand people, there's a couple wanting to know God. And uh, God led us to that spot where there's on a small opening. We get to talk to that couple. The couple's from Selkirk, Manitoba, of all things. <laughs> yeah. That kind of a direction. Yeah. In the foreign land. Yeah. You've got lots of stories, too. I, you, I'm sure fill up many, many programs. Wish we could. You know. Uh, well, you'll have to come back again. Yeah, for sure. The Maritimes. Yeah. Well, the wise men come from the East. Eh? <laughs> the wise guys too, right? <laughs> anyway, God bless you. Thank you so much, Gary. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. You're a blessing. Uh, thank you, Vinay. Yeah. yeah, God bless you. Keep keep at it, sharing the word. This has been a broadcast of Arrowhead Radio, a ministry of Arrowhead Native Bible Center. You can follow us on Instagram at ANBC underscore NCEM. Look for a new episode next week wherever you find your favorite podcasts.